Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're able to tune into this podcast during this Easter season. We've been offering these online services every week since the first lockdown began. Each act of worship combines archive recordings of our choir and congregational singing with newly recorded readings, intercessions and sermons. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text of how to do so. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. This is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in his Son.
The Lord be with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Please be seated. It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the seventh Sunday of Easter, which is also the Sunday after Ascension Day. Wherever you are in the world right now, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you're very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. What God has prepared for those who love him, he has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything. Therefore, let us in penitence open our hearts to the Lord, who has prepared good things for those who love him. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternally, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
God, the King of glory, you have exalted your only Son, Jesus Christ, with great triumph to your kingdom in heaven. We beseech you, leave us not comfortless, but send your Holy Spirit to strengthen us and exalt us to the place where our Saviour Jesus Christ is gone before, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is taken from Acts, chapter 1, beginning at the 15th verse. In those days, Peter stood up among the brethren, the company of persons was in all about a hundred and twenty, and said, Brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David, concerning Judas, who was guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us, and was allotted his share in this ministry. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us. One of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two. Joseph, called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justus, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Lord, who knowest the hearts of all men, Show which one of these two thou hast chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was enrolled with the eleven apostles. This is the word of the Lord.
The epistle is taken from the first letter of John, chapter 5, beginning at the ninth verse. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God, that he has borne witness to his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne to his Son. And this is the testimony, that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who has not the Son of God has not life. I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said, I have manifested thy name to the men who thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them to me, and they have kept thy word. Now they know that everything that thou hast given me is from thee, for I have given them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom thou hast given me, for they are thine. All mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to thee. Holy Father, keep them in thy name, which thou hast given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in thy name, which thou hast given me. I have guarded them, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not pray that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth. As thou didst send me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be consecrated in truth. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. When I was still at primary school, my parents went to Africa. My dad worked in the coffee industry, and for professional reasons, he had to go out and spend a few months in Mombasa. However, it was decided, I didn't have any say in the matter, of course, that I would remain at home in the charge of my elder sisters while my parents were away. I have only a few rather hazy memories of that period when my parents were abroad, and it occurred to me while I was writing this address that I've never really talked to my sisters about what the experience was like from their perspective. I suspect that it can't have been much fun finding themselves responsible for a rather badly behaved young kid for a period of months. But the one or two memories I do have of that time are quite revealing. 
I have a fleeting memory of my parents leaving our house to set off for the airport, which I certainly wouldn't have described as an emotionally charged event. We were never a very tactile family at the best of times. Actually, I don't think many families were back in those days. Indeed, I seem to recall my elder sister once telling me that her final words to my mother on her departure were, how often should we clean the toilet? But beyond that, I really don't remember very much at all about the following three months, a fact that is perhaps significant in itself. Because, greatly to the credit of my big sisters, from my own point of view, life continued pretty much as normal. I was properly fed, I was clothed, they must have done all my washing and ironing, and I was looked after. I continued to go to school each day as usual. I have a faint recollection of them dividing the cooking between them, and I do recall a particular incident when I was being singularly vile and made life very difficult because I didn't want to go to school on that particular day. But apart from that, they knew the normal routine and they managed to keep the show on the road magnificently. The only major spanner in the works was something completely unexpected and unprecedented. One lunchtime, an incident on the playing fields of my school left me with a broken arm. I was taken to hospital, I think in a taxi, accompanied by a member of the school staff, where I spent several hours culminating in surgery under a general anaesthetic, and the whole procedure left me with an arm that was in plaster from my fingertips to the very top of my shoulder. So my poor sisters were no longer simply having to look after a ghastly primary school-aged child, but they also had to embrace a completely different kind of regime, as I needed all sorts of special help with getting dressed and getting fed and being bathed and just about everything else. And they had to work out most of that for themselves. Because in addition, my school was firmly of the view that my mother shouldn't be informed of my injury because they thought she would worry. She certainly had the shock of her life when she returned home to find me encased in plaster. So they weren't able to my sisters weren't able to consult my mother either. But my heroic siblings managed extremely well with all of those challenges and I should probably take this opportunity to express my heartfelt thanks to them because I don't think I have ever done it before now. Strangely enough, that little episode from my own life was haunting me as I was reflecting on today's Bible readings. Perhaps because what the readings and my story seem to have in common is that they both take as their starting point the departure of someone who is normally in control, leaving others with the responsibility of keeping sh the show on the road. On the one hand, the disciples, as Jesus takes his leave of them, 
on the other, my poor sisters who suddenly found themselves in charge when my mum and dad headed off to another continent. And they all have to do their best. They have to do what they can, finding their own way. They begin by doing what they know, and when the unexpected happens, they have to work out how to deal with it. I always find this particular day, the Sunday after the Ascension, to be quite possibly the weirdest Sunday in the whole of the Christian calendar. Thursday was Ascension Day, the occasion when the risen Lord finally takes his leave of the disciples and returns to his heavenly Father after a series of resurrection appearances to them. He promises them that he is not abandoning them forever because the Holy Spirit will be coming to them. But the descent of the Spirit has not yet happened. That doesn't take place until the Feast of Pentecost, which is next Sunday. So here we are now, standing, as it were, alongside the first disciples, in a bizarre kind of theological waiting room, poised between the departure of the risen Christ and the arrival of the Holy Spirit. And how do the disciples deal with this situation? Well, perfectly understandably, they begin by feeling that the absolute priority is to replicate what they have known before the tried and tested ways of doing things, preserving everything that they had learned from Jesus, which is doubtless why it is that the first thing that the disciples do is to replace Judas, who had, of course, fallen from grace because of his betrayal, and subsequently he died an appalling death. But if you stop to think about it, particularly with the benefit of hindsight, Surely, that is a rather odd thing to regard as the most pressing priority. Why did they think it's so important to do that? Because, of course, Jesus had himself called 12 disciples, and that number was highly significant. Because those 12 men represented the 12 tribes of Israel, believed to be the descendants of the 12 sons of the patriarch Jacob, which is why the tribes bore their names. But by the time of Jesus, the vast majority of those tribes had been lost, reduced to two and a bit. So Jesus' decision to surround himself with 12 men symbolized the long-hoped-for restoration of the 12 tribes of Israel in the forthcoming kingdom of God. Of course, that number appeared to be of overriding significance to the disciples, as was the tradition of preserving the 12 at all costs. And yet, that particular perspective was to prove very short-lived indeed. Because immediately after the selection of Matthias as the replacement to Judas, who had been lost, the Holy Spirit arrives, at which point 
the disciples discover that the ministry that had been entrusted to them, the message of salvation from the crucified and risen Lord, in fact extends far beyond the 12 tribes of Israel. Indeed, it is a message for the whole of humanity, an insight that St. Paul, the self-styled apostle to the Gentiles, was to pick up and make his own. In other words, the disciples start off by replicating exactly what they know, but they soon have to start doing things differently because suddenly circumstances change dramatically. I find all of this such an interesting model for the Christian life. Jesus goes before us as our model, our pattern in all things, embodying the sacrificial love and grace and forgiveness of God and his promise of new life. And we are, of course, called to set his example before us as we strive to discover what it means to live as his disciples. And though it might feel like it sometimes, we are not left abandoned or forlorn because God's Holy Spirit is there to guide us and to empower us. But of course, discipleship is not like painting by numbers. All of us will encounter the unexpected, challenges that blow apart our sense of certainty, changing circumstances that require us to rethink what faith might be demanding of us and to embrace new ways of doing things. But then nobody, least of all Jesus, ever said that it was going to be easy. Quite the reverse. But the good news is that even though we will inevitably get things wrong sometimes, the most important thing that is required of us is that we give of our best, that we always strive to act with love in our hearts, knowing that in doing so, we are responding to the love that has been shown to us by God. And that very often, it is precisely when we need it most that the smallest glimmer of encouragement, the gift of the Holy Spirit to comfort and strengthen and sustain us is what we need for that next step. And sometimes that is all we need. In the words of the collect that we prayed earlier, O God, the King of glory, you have exalted your only Son, Jesus Christ, with great triumph to your kingdom in heaven. We beseech you, leave us not comfortless, but send your Holy Spirit to strengthen us and exalt us to the place where our Saviour Jesus Christ is gone before, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten and not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who, with the Father and the Son together, is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, from whom every gift and blessing comes, we gather this morning to pray with praise and thanksgiving. Instill in us your hope and peace as we pray together. We pray this morning for your church across the world, remembering especially your people and the church in Korea, their Bishop Peter Kiyong Ho Lee, Primate and Bishop of Seoul. We give thanks for Alison, our Rector, Jeff, our Associate Priest, our musicians, choir and all who work so hard to ensure that all who visit St Bride's or join us online can encounter the love of Christ and see and feel your work and influence in their lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our families and friends at home, across the country and overseas. It's been so hard this last year not being able to celebrate as a family and friends. Let us now rejoice in the new freedoms that we have from tomorrow. Help us to be responsible and patient as we take care to ensure we don't undo all the progress we have secured in beating the virus. But most importantly, may we never forget or take for granted again the power, importance and security of a loving family and friends. We pray especially today for all our children and young people who are starting their exams. Give them the wisdom and courage to be able to shine despite all the challenges they have faced this year. We pray that they will be inspired to follow your example and set out to live in their chosen careers to work for your praise and glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creator God, as we witness the signs of spring and new life across our city, we give thanks this morning for the beauty of your earth and pray that you will help us to protect and preserve it. We pray that you will encourage our scientists and world leaders to work together to find ways to make the right decisions now to protect it for the future, 
and that we will all take responsibility to make small changes in our daily lives for the good of all across your world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we remember your ascension into heaven, we think of your first disciples, waiting together, uncertain as to what would happen next, waiting for the gift of the Holy Spirit to come down on them and give them the gifts and talents to spread your word to all peoples. Help us to be ready to hear your word and to use our talents to help others hear your word and see your power and love in action. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of peace, we pray this morning for all the people of the Holy Land of all faiths. Encourage their leaders to know your will and support a just peace for all your children. Grant all people of this Holy Land the spirit of justice and reconciliation. We pray especially for all who have been made homeless or have lost loved ones or whose lives have been shattered by the latest conflict and unrest this week. Give them comfort and let your love shine upon them that they may, may find peace and security. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Be by the side of and comfort all those in pain those who are facing the challenge of illness and the loved ones that face it with them. Give them and all who are ill the strength to face each day and by the power of the Holy Spirit grant that they may return to good health as quickly as possible. Let us remember also those that have died and that have now joined you in heaven. We pray that they will all find peace with you and that you will comfort those who are left behind. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, we take time to remember in silence all those known only to us who need your support and love. Merciful Father, Accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. God has made us one in Christ. He has set his seal upon us and, as a pledge of what is to come, has given the Spirit to dwell in our hearts. Alleluia. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, that after he had ascended far above all heavens and was seated at the right hand of your Majesty, he sent forth upon the universal church your holy and life-giving spirit, that through his glorious power the joy of the everlasting gospel might go forth in all the world. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing. Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. 
do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Open your hands to the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. 
Let us pray. Eternal God, giver of love and power, your Son, Jesus Christ, has sent us into all the world to preach the gospel of his kingdom. Confirm us in this mission and help us to live the good news we proclaim through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
the spirit of truth lead you into all truth, give you grace to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and strengthen you to proclaim the word and works of God, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you now and always. Amen. Amen.